0: Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters. Before we jump into today's episode, which is an interview with Jen Schwanke on the mic, interviewing Dr. Rob Russell and Dustin Miller about an article that they wrote on principal mindfulness. It's so powerful. I just want to say a couple of things in advance of that episode. And first of all, you're going to be hearing this sometime in late November, although this interview was conducted uh, a few months previously. And I just want to say a a few things to Principal Matters listeners about the work that I've been doing in my new time, my new full-time work with Principal Matters, LLC. Um, In case I haven't had an opportunity to say some thank yous, because it's been a very busy semester. I want to say thank you to the groups out there that have been joining me for Grow Academies, for Masterminds, for Executive Coaching. I also want to thank some groups that have invited me in to speak, including um, my friend Ronnie McGehee from the Mississippi Association of Second of uh, School Administrators for the fall conference that they held uh, back in October when I was able to go down and uh, keynote on Eight Hats, the Essential roles for School Leaders as well as our friends in Maryland, at the association there with Addie Kaufman and her team being able to come and speak at the beginning of Maryland to the Maryland Association of School Administrators, both elementary and secondary, um, about Pause, Breathe, Flourish, as well as meet with some leaders on the Eight Hats of Leadership. And to my friends in Alabama at CLOS with their elementary association and my good friends down there who invited me Uh, to join them for their annual Elementary Principals Association conference. So thank you to my friends who've been reaching out and inviting me in to connect with leaders across the U.S. And I'm just so excited about the year to come. If you have professional development that you're wanting with your staff, if you have district professional development or principal professional development or assistant principal, so many different ways that I've worked with leaders and their teams that I'd love to work with you too. And if you're interested, you can reach out to me by email at will at williamdparker.com or you can ask me for recommendations to Principal Matters Associates, friends of mine that I love to connect other leaders with, including Jen Schwanke. So please let me know what's going on with you. And I just also want you to invite you to begin to think about next year, because I know that when the new when a new semester wraps up and we start stepping into the fall and spring, I already start building my calendar for the whole next year. So if you're one of those people that love to plan in advance, let's jump on a call together. Well, I want to thank Jen Schwanke for this week's episode. And I just want to invite you to listen closely to how your own thinking affects the way that you lead. So until next time, thanks for doing What Matters. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Principal Matters Podcast, Episode 372.
1: Hello, everyone. I am so honored to be here today with Dr. Rob Russell and Dr. Dustin Miller. Um, long time friends with Dr. Miller, for sure. And then I met Dr. Russell. Um, when was it, Dr. Russell? About three or four years ago, right? When we entered yeah. the... Ohio State University cohort together to get our doctorate degrees under Dr. Miller, right? Did I capture that right? right? (laughs) Yes, you did. Okay. And um, why don't we turn it over to you two for some quick introductions. Our listeners like to know who they're talking to. So um, let us know what you do for a living and um, what kind of brought you here today.
2: How
3: about you,
1: Dr Dr. Russell, why don't you go first?
2: Sure. Um, hey, I'm Rob Russell. Uh, I currently serve as an assistant principal at New Albany High School. Uh, before I was here, I was, well, I'll give you guys some context. It's in the Columbus, Ohio area. So uh, in Ohio, um, suburban district. Uh, before I was here, I was at a smaller rural district as an administrator at a middle school. Uh, and then I taught at a few schools around the area, all of them in, in the central Ohio area. Um, that's, uh, that's just a little bit about my professional background. I've been working. Over the last four years, uh, working at Ohio State uh, on my doctoral degree, finished that up. I was working with Dr. Miller on a study, and um, we completed that. It was recently published in um, ASCD Leadership Magazine on Principal Mindfulness, and that's what brought us to the podcast.
1: Excellent. Dr. Miller, tell us who you are.
2: Great. Uh,
3: Welcome, everybody. I'm Dusty Miller. I'm a faculty member at The Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio, in educational administration. Um, All of my work focuses on the principalship. Uh, Prior to uh, Ohio State, I spent 20 years with Dublin City Schools, uh, a suburb of, uh, in Central Ohio, a suburb of Columbus, uh, in a variety of roles. Uh, I was a high school English teacher, high school assistant principal, middle school principal, high school principal, director of secondary ed. Uh, enjoyed all of those, but definitely enjoy being in this, uh, in this role now, and especially getting to work with doctoral students and fun studies involving the principalship and or uh, areas that touch on it. Appreciate being here.
1: Excellent. Thank you. And listeners should know, Dr. Miller and I go way back before, certainly before I was a doctor, but even before he was a doctor, I think we met, Dusty, um, you were teaching English and coaching golf maybe, and I was teaching English to a summer school, and we were we were with the most reluctant learners at the time, okay. and I think we did a little bonding over that. So we've known each other for quite some time. So what brings us here today is, um, of course, this is podcast. It's not TV, but I'm holding up my copy of the ASCD October 2023 issue. This was sent out, oh gosh, maybe a week or two ago, and I was honored to be in this issue, and I'm thumbing through it. And oh my gosh, they were my friends, Rob and Dusty. So um, you wrote a really, really powerful art, um, article about principle mindfulness. And so I'm going to actually start with you, Rob. Tell us, um, I believe if I have this correct, you went into your doctoral program thinking a lot about principle mindfulness and your journey kind of went on from there. So how'd you start thinking about it?
2: Yeah, so... My interest in kind of leadership, decision-making, and influence on people kind of started as coaching. Um, I was a coach and a teacher, and I was really interested in how the decisions that coaches make, how that kind of influences a team. That spilled over into my classroom, thinking about how I make decisions as a teacher, how that influences, you know, kind of the emotional state of the people involved in the work that they're doing. Uh, And as I look to continue to expand the role I got into administration, and I I just I've always been really interested in the psychology behind that. How does the leader or or someone make a decision? and How does that influence or impact the culture that exists in space? And as an administrator, I found myself busy, like everybody that is listening to this podcast. Number one, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, because I know you're all extremely busy. And you're all dedicated to learn. So we appreciate that. But in the midst of all of that, like the, the days are, are difficult and you're, you're thinking about a thousand things and you have student discipline and um, all sorts of decisions that you need to make. It's hard to, to make what you would think is like the right choice or even find like a scaffold or a support for how to make decisions. And I was honestly, I was kind of looking for something like that. Like my my personal goal in education is to empower other people. I think the best way to do that is how you interact with them. Uh, And the decisions that you make are a part of that interaction. So really trying to focus on what what goes into making decisions and how can we figure out how to support someone that's making those decisions and how does that influence their people? So those are the questions that I was kind of juggling really through work and, and through my professional career the entire time. And I was very fortunate to be linked up with, Jen, you, you did a great job letting me bounce ideas off of you in class. I know we had talked multiple times about various things and, and Dusty as, as an advisor, just listening to me dump random ideas out to try to figure out how can we make some coherence of all of this to study it. So that's really where the energy came from. Um, it was through my experience and seeing how different people make decisions, my struggle with making decisions and how it influences others.
1: And we should tell our listeners, by the way, just a side note, we actually had this podcast scheduled a couple of times, but something came up and all three of us agreed. We wanted to be in the right mindset to record this podcast. And I think that's a little bit of what you're referencing here, Rob, is, you know, you have to have your mind right to make good decisions. And so that links me to the article itself, where you talk about the power of mindful leadership and I'd like to know from you, and again, we'll start with Rob and then I'll, I'll flip it over to Dr. Miller, but why is it important that school leaders lead with mindfulness?
2: So I, I want to make sure that the listeners kind of know and understand mindfulness as a term is used in a lot of different ways. Um, and the way that we kind of focused on this for uh, for the focus of our research and the focus for leadership decision-making, there are a couple things or a couple of techniques or strategies that mindful leaders use and how it's measured. And I just want to make sure that's clear before we really dive into um, mindful leadership. So
1: if I can interrupt Rob, I'm so glad you said that because my, I think a lot of people walk around with the idea that mindfulness is meditation or sitting quietly in a room. And I don't think that's what you mean at all. So take it from here. Tell us a little more about that.
2: Absolutely. So like in general, the term mindfulness is paying attention purposefully, good, period. Good. Yeah. So a lot of times and a lot of the work and research that we did when we dove into mindfulness, um, Ellen Langer did a lot of research on how people think. And she was amazed to find, and this is no insult to anyone, I'm guilty of this. She was amazed to find that most people, most of the time when making decisions or doing daily work, don't think. And she proved this through asking probing questions, and listening to people's response, and then watching how they operated. So all of that was was interesting. And the, and the core pieces of, of mindful leadership, I'm just going to kind of list these off so, so we have a good framework here. Um, leaders who are mindful do the following things. They regularly look for problems, which means they are attentive to what's happening and try to anticipate what could possibly go wrong with things that are already in motion. So they're, they're good at anticipating the difficulties in what's occurring. That leads them to be able to prevent problems from becoming crises. There are little problems every day that we deal with. We talk about the fires, we run around putting out fires. But if we continue to talk to people about how difficult that may be, or we, we stir the fire, that can be an issue as a leader. So preventing those problems from becoming massive fires everywhere um, is something that a mindful leader does. Mindful leaders also avoid something called oversimplifying. Uh, And and a lot of people can kind of get stuck here, right? Because we don't want to overthink. Sometimes decisions need to be made quickly, but the best decisions are thoughtful. That's the purpose of this. Don't over, you know, really focusing on something um, to making sure that you're not oversimplifying something when you're trying to solve it. Um, They're focused on operations in general. So knowing, teaching and learning and knowing how that operates in the school they're resilient in the face of adversity. And in my opinion, one of the most important things is that they ask people when they don't know the answer. So they Mm -hmm. defer to experts. So all of those things combine into what's called mindful leadership.
1: Nice. That's that's a lot to absorb. You just shared a lot of really good information with us. Dr. Miller, what what do you want to add? (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I just want to uh, kudos to Rob, I think, for for conducting this study because he he hit the nail on the head. And Jen, I know you know this as well, that like these jobs are stressful. I, I worry that we lose really good people to the work, not because they're not able to do it or they don't love doing it. It's just the uh, stress of the job becomes not worth it at the right, end. Right. Uh, so I think that uh, he's done a nice job of of pointing out what we all know, that we have the ability to change our minds. We, you know, we move in the direction of our thoughts, which is based in positive psychology. It's just, do we understand how to actually do that? You know, So if you have a stressful day at school or you have a parent who's in your inbox at 918 at night, which we know that's when all the worst emails arrive, you know, that does it disrupt your sleep? Does it take you away from putting your kids to bed? Does it take you away from a engaging and rich conversation with your partner? I mean, all of these things um, are critical to a quality of life. And I think we can change it if we're aware of it. And that's essentially what Rob's study highlights.
1: Right. So in your article, you talk about Two different ways to become more mindful. You mentioned practicing awareness and reflection, and you mentioned using intentional questioning. So let's start with you, Rob. Tell us a little bit more about practicing awareness and reflection. And I love what Dusty just said about how you can get an email and it can ruin your night. Put this in practical terms for our listeners. How does that awareness and reflection maybe protect the things that you hold most dear personally um, from being ruined by this job?
2: Yeah, that's, it's really a balancing act and understanding when it's more of your engagement with it, right? You're, you're like almost an emotional engagement in what's happening. So if you do get the late night email, like having your priorities and making sure that you're focused on really what's important and to you at the time. So when you're not at work and if we're talking about the late at night email, you know, you're concerned about it and it takes you away from your family. This like mindful focus, attention, it's important to carry through uh, not only at work but at home. So you know being attentive to your family, focusing on those things. Um, those are really important to do and you need to have the time and space to be able to do that and create the separation. Um, that specific, a way to be you know more mindful at home, outside of outside of the job, you can definitely apply some of the practices that we talk about: being aware, having conversations with, um, with your significant other, spouse, friends, um, just just about you in general, and having a trusted friend that you can talk to about the way you're making decisions, about the way you spend your time outside of work. I think those things are important, and that can really support you personally and um, being mindful and intentional about what you do outside of the job.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And then you pair it so beautifully with the idea of using questioning to build other people's mindfulness. And Dusty, I'm actually going to throw this one at you because this is kind of what you do. You support principals all across the state. Um, You have lived it. You you and I have talked about, you know, you wake up in the morning, you check your email and you get a sinking feeling in your stomach because you know how your day is going to go. But meanwhile, you also have to support others. And since you do this every day, Dr. Miller, tell us about how you use questioning to build other people's mindfulness.
3: Well, I think it's a great, uh, great question, and I don't necessarily think I do it well. Uh, (laughs) But I think the point is with the questioning is getting people to focus On what they truly love and enjoy. And I just had a conversation on Sunday, ironically enough, you know, where I said to the individual, okay, tomorrow morning, you have to promise me that when you walk in the building, you are going to do the thing you love doing the most. Doesn't matter. Unless the building is on fire, you need to prioritize that. So I think sometimes it's questioning in the sense of you're asking, but I also think questioning is just a general term that can be used for getting people to open up a new channel in their mind. You know, Or if I'm really focusing on this particular issue and I'm starting to spiral in my negative self-talk, is it just having someone remind you, what do you really love about your job? What do you truly enjoy? Or back to, it's not always a question. Look at how many angry emails you get a day. And it's probably less than about 1% of all of the things that are going on. So I think it's somehow trying to to disrupt those negative channels that we can easily get into. Um, And then I would just say also the number one thing is just being present. Um, I think it's really hard. I did this when I was in the position. I was dear friends with all of my principal colleagues, but if something stressful was going on, I didn't want to share that with them because I was in f- afraid that they would hang up the phone and say, Wow, look at the mess he's in over there. You know, and so I think having, people that you can talk to, that you trust, that maybe are not right in your own district um, helps because you have to be able to process. And most of the times you realize as soon as Rob says, oh, I'm dealing with this today, the person you're talking to is going to say, wow, welcome. (laughs) We dealt with that last Thursday. But when you're in isolation, you think you've done something wrong or you're the only one that's navigating that angry parent. And the reality is it's out there. So I think just allowing people to talk goes a long way.
1: I think that's a a excellent point you've made. So many of us think we've done something wrong when things go sideways. And I, I just spoke to a principal a couple of days ago where I said, let's remember you didn't do anything. (laughs) You did nothing wrong. All you did was show up to work and this problem came to you. So I love that idea of intentionally finding what brings you joy. Um, Principal Matters podcast listeners will probably roll their eyes cuz I've told this story about four times. My husband's advice is always find something you look forward to every single day. And some days it's only my latte, but I enjoy it. I enjoy every little sip of that latte because it brings me happiness. So I think that's, you know, we're we're talking about the same thing about taking care of ourselves and others. Can now, I can I add yeah, one thing sorry? Please, uh, please. I
3: also think and again I'm not practicing what I preach. Everything is cyclical that, you know, when you're dealing with a crisis, you know, this is the crisis of the moment or these are the three crises that just happened in or that will pass in a few days. Maybe a really big crisis is gonna last longer than that. But most of the time, if you just hold on, and I know there's a good country Western song, there has to be about just hang on uh, to go through hell or whatever it is, you know, like that That you're gonna pop out on the other side. So I think if anything, it's just having people remind you that this is just the issue right now, this too right. shall pass, it's going to be okay. You know, I think just sometimes people need that reassurance.
0: Support for Principal Matters comes from DigiCoach and it's Walk Through Tool. When Kathleen Beckham was a district director, she would walk through classrooms and see teachers engaging students in learning or observe elements missing in their instruction. And her biggest challenge was finding the time to give those teachers meaningful and helpful feedback that they would value as coaching and not correction. In the past, Kathleen spent hours, and follow-up email exchanges after informal walkthroughs. But that all changed when she discovered Digicoach. She now has a tool that can help her send immediate feedback from her phone or her tablet. Digicoach is a fully customizable tool created by school leaders for school leaders to not only collect walkthrough data, but also ensure every teacher receives ongoing support, feedback, and coaching. It features thousands of pre-written research-based commendations and coaching tips that can be included along with your own observation comments and a follow-up email ensuring all teachers receive effective and timely support. Are you ready to make the most of your walkthroughs with a tool that saves you time and enhances meaningful feedback to your teachers? Go to digicoach.com to learn more and please tell them Principal Matters recommended you check them out. That's com. Support for Principal Matters comes from AptiG. More than 3,500 school districts have switched to AptiG since 2016 for one reason. AptiG powers the identity of your school. We all know that communication is important, but what are you communicating? If it's just information, you're missing an opportunity to build a school brand around your strengths and values. What I love about AptoGee is how they think and talk about communication as a critical component of building your brand that engages your entire school community. With the Thrill Share platform, Aptigi brings everything you need for school marketing and communications together into a single mobile app. Write a story once and send it across your school website and mobile app, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, text messages, and voice calls. By making it easy to share stories about your strengths, you can control the conversation around your brand. Learn more about AptoG at aptoG.com and tell them that Principal Matters sent you.
1: Right. I, um, I have another book coming out from ASCD in February, and I think the thing that's going to um, be most impactful is about four paragraphs, and I it's my four tens rule. You have to ask yourself: Will this matter in ten minutes? Will this matter in ten hours? Will this matter in ten days? Will this matter in ten months? Mo, so many things aren't going to matter past ten minutes or ten hours, and yet we obsess. You know, we let our minds spiral. Um, so I'm going to take that that little launch pad and tell you where you really hooked me with your article. Both of you, you surveyed over two hundred educators and you asked them questions about teacher's perceptions of their principal's mindfulness. So Rob, tell us about that survey and maybe what the responses told you about teachers and their sense of belonging in their schools.
2: Yeah, in general, I, I want to touch base, Jen, you talked about that perspective of, right. of time. Um, and I, that is so powerful to step away to think. And I think that's a, a key strategy that that everybody can use. Because when you do that, you're more relaxed. Calm, and then you can actually focus on work that needs to be done. So I think it's great. Right. Uh, but f- but for the for the survey, one of the most surprising things that we found from the teachers um, that were surveyed about their sense of belonging, uh, one of the questions was, "Other people take my opinions seriously," and that was the lowest scored question. Um, and when I talk about scores like positively, that only twenty percent answer that question in a positive way. So eighty percent of our respondents answer that neutral or negatively. So what that tells me from a leadership perspective is a lot of our people don't feel like they're they're contributing to whatever it is. So whatever that may be, whatever decisions that we're making, whatever we're focused on. Again, it was other people take my opinion seriously. So that could be in teams, that could be in leadership. Um, but that was something that was interesting to to us as we look through data. Um, and one of the other things that, that I liked from this is a lot of people thought that their head principal were interested in them uh, as an employee in general. So I think that's a positive, that's an overall positive message that Yes, my principal is interested in me, like as a as a person at work. But on the flip side, people aren't taking my opinion seriously. So it's in just that's an interesting, interesting,
1: like, yeah, wow. That we
2: that we that we were we found there.
1: Interesting. Anything to add to that, Dr. Miller?
3: I think Rob hit hit the nail right on the head. Uh, and I, I, if we really are being honest with ourselves, when we drive home at the end of the day. When the teacher comes in and has a suggestion, we've already decided whether that suggestion is going to be ridiculous (laughs) or good. So I think it's really important because what he's saying is teachers, large in part, do not feel as if their opinions are valued. And I think at some point as administrators, there's truth in that because we don't. Or we are so programmed to assume, well, no, you... I can't let you come in at 10 o'clock. You have a negotiated agreement. you You know, like, so we're already telling ourselves why this opinion is ridiculous before it even comes out. And at the end of the day, people don't need to win. They need to be heard. They need to be valued. So instead saying, I so appreciate that perspective and I actually wish I could do that. But let's talk through how we can begin to engage in this conversation, because right now the negotiated agreement will not permit that, or right now we don't have the resources to do that. And I think in the busyness of the day, nobody has time, so you just dismiss it. Thanks for coming. Let me go back to my work.
1: Right. There's a lot of truth in that, and I know a lot of principals I've spoken to lately are struggling with the idea of transparency and what people really want when they say my principal isn't being transparent or my principal isn't being honest or my principal doesn't communicate well. I think you've hit on some important points there, Dusty. One is sometimes there's just not time to give something the um, attention and thoughtful response that it deserves. But second, um, you know, transparency doesn't mean getting what you want. Right. And so there's that balance there. If someone says, Hey, how about this idea? How about this change? Hey, can you explain this thing to me? A principal has to make a decision and I'm coming full circle around you, Rob. A principal has to make a decision in that moment. How can I be honest and trustworthy and honor this person's perspective, but also not, um, not do it impulsively? How can I cognitively bring myself to a place of mindfulness to give this situation or this challenge what it needs for me?
2: So that takes, it's a great question. It takes time. It takes practice and it takes thought. So you're not gonna the first time you do it, it's not gonna happen naturally if it doesn't already happen. Because there are a lot of times in my career where a teacher has come in uh, and, like Dr. Miller alluded to, you know, you may already have a decision made up, and not giving them that time or that open, honest dialogue, conversation, and communication, they are not gonna feel like you support them or like the culture or the space supports their sense of belonging. And I want to tie back into sense of belonging of teachers because that is a driving factor in how teachers educate our students, which is the primary goal here is that people are learning. Our kids are learning. So if our adults feel like they belong in space, they're better able to carry out their job. Um, from a leadership perspective, um, one, of, one of the faults that I've also had in, in, in experiences is not deferring to experts. For example, if there's an issue in a classroom or a, another academic issue not deferring to a teacher or the teacher to have the conversation so that they can explain and provide their expertise. You know, as leaders, yes, we're experts in some things, but we're not experts in all of the things that occur in all of our classrooms. So providing that opportunity for a teacher to support in making a decision is critically important. And also when we're talking about making a decision, making sure that staff members are bought into it and they feel like they own part of that. That's really, really important. And, and I want to harp on the fact that that question wasn't other people take my opinion and carry it out in an initiative. The wording was that they take it seriously. So we give them time and space. And that that is critical. When we talk about limited time, we need to think about how are we spending our time to support our people? Because when we say, well, I don't have time to listen to the opinion, that's something that we need to balance. How are we spending our time and how are we listening to our people for maximum results and supportive learning?
1: And so she- you, Yeah, yeah, you just made a great connection, Rob. I think this is what ASCD was thinking with this issue because there is an article in there from PJ Kaposi Cap- who says, manage the time you've got. Big issue for principals, right? And, mm-hmm. and then I did some writing about thinking with your head and leading with your heart. And and so all this comes together. Dusty, I totally interrupted you, please.
3: No, sorry. And I, that was my fault because I was interrupting. I think <laughs> what, what both you and Rob were saying about the time issue, you wonder if you're, and back to transparency, do you bring your faculty together and say, look, I find that in the busyness of the day, I am not likely to be as open and present with you as I need to be how can we collectively come up with a model or systems where you feel like you can share and I feel like I'm gonna be in a place that I am open to, as Rob said, you know, it is valuing that wasn't what Rob, what's the term again? And I'm slipping it, not value. It's
2: just taking it seriously, taking
3: it seriously. It. You know? Yeah. So we, how, how can we maybe create a different system? And I know like comment boxes are cheesy and stuff like we're not, I'm not talking about that, but I'm like, we often don't include the stakeholders in these conversations. How can we do this better? I want to value and take seriously what you're saying but there are certain points in the day or in the school year, I'm not going to be in a good position to hear that.
1: Well, and Rob, you opened this door and I'm going to walk right through it. You talked about how principals often don't know what's going on in the classroom. And that leads me to students. All of this that we're talking about really applies to students too. And I'm just going to take the most, um, you know, the low hanging fruit here with discipline. You know, a student gets um little Little Jenny gets sent to the office for the fifth time this month for throwing chicken nuggets or for saying something snarky or unkind or cruel to somebody else. The principal might be like, I've already made up my mind that little Jenny is trouble and I'm I'm going to hear what she has to say and then I'm going to slap her with an in-school suspension and move on down the road. And I think it's very important that mindfulness be applied to students as well because many times they're made, they just need to be heard and taken seriously, even if the consequence doesn't change. I I I think young people, you know, my friend used to say, every child is somebody's baby. Everybody deserves to walk around the world being heard and, and taken seriously. So that that was my addition to bring it to the students. <laughs> Love it. Um, any I don't know if you guys wanted to add anything. The question I'm gonna bring us toward the end with is. Tell me about mindfulness as a tool to spread positive influence. And Rob, we'll start with you and then switch to Dusty. But let's talk about the positive influence. And you can take the staff slant, the parent slant, the student slant, the community slant, whatever. But tell me what you're thinking about positivity.
2: Absolutely. So I I want to to touch base again on how do we trigger mindfulness and how do we kind of build that capacity in ourselves? And then I'll kind of link that to how it impacts people positively. One of the things that we discuss in the article is the process of reflective journaling. And if you're a writer, you could write. If you don't feel like writing, you could think if you had the questions somewhere where you could see them. But specifically, when we're talking about taking people's opinions seriously as a leader, a couple of questions that drive me in the full list is in the article is, who knows more about a topic than I do and how can they help and whose voice am I not listening to? Why not? Right. So those are just questions to think about as you're making decisions that could support, you know, more intentional action and having conversation with people to, to, to help you make decisions and to be more mindful. Right. When we look at the positive influence, what we looked at specifically specifically, was the perception of mindfulness and how it impacts school culture through teacher sense of belonging. So the psychological and emotional state of your staff members. So they're in in the building every day. You're in the building every day. Our staff members work extremely hard with our kids. They're the face that they see. They're the smile that they see. I mean, those are the most influential people in those young students' lives. To know that you as a leader have the ability to influence your teaching staff's social and emotional state, I think is is absolutely critically important that every leader knows and understands that and thinks about that and puts that at the forefront because how that staff member interacts with the kids that day matters and how those kids are learning. So it supports the entire operation of your building. Uh, and specifically, the way that a leader makes decision and includes others supports teacher sense of belonging. So that's that's kind of the my my pitch in how that supports school culture.
1: That makes a lot of sense. what What do you want to add to that, Dusty?
3: One, I think modeling, I mean, where I'm just complimenting what what Rob was saying, but one is modeling. so you know, are we being positive and how we're interacting with others, how we're receiving information, or are we being negative? Uh, and I think that then hinges on two. Who are we around? You know, we are who we hang around with, as we tell kids, et cetera. So, you know, are you hanging around with people who are positive and building you up, or are you around people who are negative and tearing you down? And I think, in gen- and Jen, well, and all three of us have spent many uh, years in in high wealth suburbs that most people would would you know want to be part of. And yet, how many colleagues do we know who complained? incessantly about whatever. So I think that it's having people around you that are going to keep you in check that, yes, I'm going to model the best I can, but when I'm not holding up my end, you need to hold yours. And then the last thing is we have the capacity to learn this. Uh, And this is a quick example. If you're driving down the interstate and someone cuts you off, our reaction is we need to speed up. And give them the finger. How else are they (laughs) going to learn they're driving poorly? However, if you say to yourself, maybe that person just cut me off because they found out their wife is in labor, or they just found out that their kid fell off the playground, or they found, you know, you can change the way you perceive that. Because if I think someone cut me off because they're rushing to the hospital because a child is about to be born, my reaction is totally different. And so I think it's teaching yourself that it doesn't matter what the context is. We can't control what happens to us. We can only control how we respond and that can be learned.
1: You know what I do on the highway, Dusty? (laughs) Someone cuts me off. I'm like, oh yeah, I did that about two days ago. <laughs> yeah exactly like I'm guilty you know, like too. <laughs> exactly and so I don't even need to go as deep as you did I'm usually like I better let this one pass because I might do it in five minutes too so excellent point well listen principal matters listeners this is a really fantastic article with some some deep thinking and some profound takeaways so I am so grateful to you Dr Rob Russell and Dr Dusty Miller for not only for your time today but for the immense amount of time and effort you put into this research because I think it's it's important that principals see this and start thinking about it. So I do want to see if there's any other quick takeaways you have for our listeners, Rob or Dusty. It's okay if you say no, but I want to go
3: first and I'll let him close because this is his this is his article. Uh, one commitment that I made when I went to higher ed was that if we're going to publish something in an academic journal, Uh, that is peer reviewed, et cetera, we are also going to make sure we get it in the hands of a practitioner journal. And so I'm just uh, really, uh, you know, excited that Rob, you know, chose to do this out of the busyness in his day uh, is because this is, this is academic research, it has the chops for that, but yet academic journals are not as easily accessible, Jen, as you and I've talked about, where the readership of a thing, of a, a magazine like Ed Leadership, is going to really get out there. So I just think it's great that we're hopefully getting this in the hands of practitioners who could benefit the most from it. Uh, Rob?
1: Well, wait, before Rob does, I want to emphatically agree. Dusty and I have had long, um, very intense conversations about this. There's so much good intellectual um, theoretical research out there, and often practitioners don't even know where to find it. So shout out to Ed Leadership and shout out to you, Dusty, for recognizing this big lapse in what we know and what we think about and getting it in EL. So now, Rob, now that I have emphatically agreed with Dusty, why don't you bring it home?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I would say number one. Thank you, thank you for having us on here to have this conversation. I do think it's valuable and important. And it, it the, you know, the research that we did, it's not, it's not mind blowing or new. It is we, we focused on thinking and how it impacts people. And as, as leaders, as we approach the days, if we are intentional about how we think, knowing that we can influence others, that's the driving piece in our work. And, and that's, the, that's kind of the culmination of, of what we did here and what we hope that others may find useful uh, as we work through this crazy stressful job uh, and support student learning.
1: Excellent. Okay, well, thank you so much to both of you and Principal Matters listeners. Um, if they have questions for Dr. Russell and Dr. Miller, where can they find you two?
2: If anyone has if- questions, they can, they can send me an email. Uh, my last name is Russell, R-U-S-S-E-L-L dot one nine at N-A-P-L-S dot U-S.
1: Excellent. And how about you, Dr. Miller? Uh,
3: my last name Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R dot one five three four at O-S-U dot E-D-U.
1: Okay, excellent. Thank you so much. And Principal Matters listeners, thank you for your time today. We hope we filled up your commute with some wonderful information today. So thank you all.
0: You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about Leadership Academies, Mastermind offerings, and Executive Coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today, and thanks again for doing what matters.